Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so do we have that podcast? Yes, yet? I figured it out. I got the numbers on the Gosh. side of the spreadsheet. So um, we have made, we put 344 things in the feed since we started god that that has to be more than more than there were episodes of mash <laughs> i think oh i let's see let's let's let's, oh, let's back check ourselves we can find out it's a podcast about podcasts about podcasts hello welcome to the pod club so i have some good news and some bad news which really feels like just the state of the world. Here's some good news. Here's some worse news. This is our last episode. Yeah, it's our last episode of the pod club. Everything has to come to an end. And frankly, some things should have come to an end earlier than they did. For example, Friends never should have had a season where Joey and Rachel got together. Never. Mm -mm. So I need to end before the pod club has the equivalent of Joey and Rachel getting together. I don't want you to be sad. I want you to be happy because we are saving one of the most iconic podcast hosts to be our last guest on this show. I'm going to fangirl and no one can do anything about it because it's our last episode. Today, we are talking to the one, the only, Anna Sale. Anna is the host of Death, Sex, and Money, the long-running interview show from WNYC that encourages conversations about very uncomfortable things. Anna created one of the first podcasts that goes to the places that many journalists do not go. She talks about everything from how student loans can completely affect and disrupt and ruin your life, to the nuances of a marriage, to the realities of sex work, to why Viagra was created, and what it means for society at large. Did that just turn into a bad Viagra pun? Anna has been an inspiration to me and so many other podcast hosts, so she is the perfect person to round out this series of podcast recommendations. I started my first podcast, Committed, five years ago, mm -hmm. which feels so long ago. 
at the t- at the time, Death, Sex, and Money really set the bar for me for how I how I wanted a podcast to sound, for how good I wanted it to be, for how just raw and vulnerable I wanted all of my my interviews to sound. So, yeah, you, I, this this is my time to fangirl and tell you thank you for setting me on a path to make too many podcasts. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. That means a lot. What was the original concept when you were first starting on Death, Sex, and Money? What did you say that you're like, all right, this is what this show is about? I think I was, you know, I was in a period of life. I was, when I pitched the show, I think I was 33. I had, I was divorced. I had been a reporter for a long time, was like, do I want to stay in New York City? What is my life? Who? What am I about? And I had met this guy uh, who was living in Wyoming. So I'm like being in one of those life moments where you're like, oh, I didn't think I was going to be in this situation quite like this. I thought some other things were nailed down. My feeling was, um, you know, I've always been a huge consumer of interviews and interview shows. I love interviewing. That's always what I loved doing when I was, you know, started out as a public radio reporter. But I would get frustrated um, listening sometimes where you could tell you know, they sort of like when when interviewers would skip over the question that I most wanted to hear because maybe it would come off as like a little too banal or crass, you know, like, um, you know, questions like, oh, when you were writing that novel that you, you know, you'd never written a book before, like, how, how are you paying for things when you quit your job? You know, yes. like um, or like, how did you know this is such an unlikely romance? Like, wasn't that terrifying to decide to just like commit? You know, um, yeah. the good stuff. They skip over totally the good like stuff. the yeah. stuff that like animates the conversation when you're talking with your closest friends and getting caught up. So um, that's what I wanted to make a show that focused on that wasn't going to skip over those questions and was going to do it with a sense of like, I don't care what you figured out. If it works for you, I want to know how it's working for you or how it's not working for you, what the trade-offs are. Like, I wanted it to feel like a place with that was driven by curiosity and not judgment and that was very open um, about, like, who was who was a worthy person to spend time with and listen to. Um, so so that was those were all sort of things that I, I wanted to get into. And then when I thought of the name Death, Sex and Money, I just thought it was really funny because I was like, OK, that kind of like sums it up. Like those are the big things. You know, that's why there are big those stakes are here. You know, so let's let's just mm-hmm. focus the conversation around those things. I know this is a crazy question and it's probably hard to answer because it's like asking you to choose among your children. But do you have a favorite episode? I mean, I think that they change depending on like what I need, uh, you know, um, I, I was I was in a really different place in my life when the show started. Um, I was not married. I was not a parent. I was living in New York City. And I, now I'm married with two kids and live in California. And, you know, I'm sort of like feel more, much more confident in what I want to contribute to the world professionally. I had no idea when I was starting the show. I was like, maybe this will work. So I find it's like what what serves me is different. Um, one episode that I feel like I just loved making and I feel so proud of it just I haven't heard anything else like it. And I loved the people that I got to meet while making it was um, this episode called I Was Your Father Until I Wasn't. 
And it started, you know, part of the reason it's special is it started with an email from a listener in our email inbox, which is always a wonderful way to get a conversation going. And it was um, a young man, you know, in his late 20s, I believe at the time, who wrote us this story and was just like, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this, but um, I've just had this really, you know, really hard experience of thinking I was the parent of this young girl um, that resulted from, you know, a hookup with this woman. And I thought that I got her pregnant. So I was in this child's life. And the child was, I think, between two and three years old when he found out he wasn't the biological father. And then developed a relationship with the biological father who was finding out about this child after the child had been born. And there's this scene that they, I just, I talked to both men and there's this scene where they described what it was like to move the crib out of the one guy's home and load it up into the truck of the other guys to take it to the other guy's home. Um, and it just was, you know, heartbreaking, but also what I what I really found just really heart filled about it was like these two guys just like showed up, you know, like um, they showed up for this child with a lot of love and in a really complicated, hard, difficult situation. And they showed up for each other. Um, and so I, I just love that episode. Victor started paying child support. Tony stopped. Between them, they decided to treat it like they were square, so Victor didn't reimburse Tony or anything like that. But he did take a truckload of baby stuff off Tony's hands when Tony was beginning to try to move on. I had a baby dresser, crib, chair, tons of toys. You know, it's what a baby's room looks like. And so rather than him spend all of this money and buy new things, it made sense just to have the things that she already loved and cared about. And so one day he just came over to my house and backed his truck into my driveway and I just unloaded everything into his truck. And that was, I mean, physically and literally all in one afternoon became pretty real, you know, to just put everything in boxes and then just give it to this guy. You loaded up the truck together? Mm-hmm. Did you cry? Um, like around him? <laughs> no. No. I think we just shook hands. Can I tell you a funny coda to that episode? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I all, are you kidding? I always want to. Something I loved hearing from a listener, because this basically, you know, what turned out that the mother of this child had had been with both these guys. She'd met them both at bars. And um, we had a listener write in who was like, where are the bars that this woman goes to? Because I want to meet some men like this. <laughs> I just thought that I... was so funny. <laughs> Yes, a hundred percent. Like, how do you how do you meet two really good men in the same bar? I never met any of this <laughs> men in a bar. So i want to I want to tell our audience about this mini a, a mini series that you've been doing called Hard, mm-hmm. which is just 
the best name for what this podcast <laughs> is about. And the third episode's um, subtitle, Softening Expectations, has made me just chuckle <laughs> every time. That, that also happened it. in our Slack channel. We were like, yes, yes, we got that yes, one. Yes, yes, <laughs> this is it. And hard is what else could it be about but Viagra and the history of Viagra and the cultural significance of Viagra. How did you decide to do a subsection of the podcast on Viagra? Um, it it was actually the idea of Katie Bishop, who um, our longtime EP and um, executive producer. And she was it was like more than a year and a half ago, I feel like. And, and she just sent a Slack message and was just like, I have an idea. <laughs> and she had somehow landed on the idea that um, noticed that 1998 was the year Viagra came to market. And she was like, I feel like 25 years, you know, coming up on 25 years, it's a good moment to be like, how did this change the way we um, talk about what we do talk about, about how bodies work and sex? And what was the origin story of Viagra? How was it introduced at the time? And how is it marketed now? And how has it changed sex? And And what I found kind of interesting doing these interviews is like, one of the people I talked to in that last in the third episode is a is a guy who um, had a spinal cord injury and has been paralyzed from his chest down since he was in his early 20s. And um, the way that he talked about what, you know, he sometimes uses Viagra to have penetrative sex with his partners. He's a gay man. And he also has learned to experience orgasm through stimulation in very different ways, like having his head massaged and what that feels like and what a what what sort of climax feels like. It doesn't just feel like one brief moment. It feels like this experience where he described it felt like sunshine going all through his veins. I ask for um, any kind of stimulation in the places that I feel. So I, I don't, I don't have a lot of skin sensation anymore. I think probably 85% of like the real estate of my body, like my actual epidermis is no longer sensitive. So when I am aroused or am in like a sexual experience, all of that becomes like heightened and incredibly sensitive and responsive to touch. So um, any kind of stimulation, like just rubbing hands across my chest when I have chest hair or even um, a little bit of like um, stubble on my beard or on my neck, especially on the back of my neck. Sometimes I, I will intentionally make sure that I have hair because the sensation is all that much higher and intense. So. Um, I will ask for a partner to like rub a hand, like an open palm across the top of my chest that always literally kind of makes me gasp with pleasure. Uh, um, uh-huh. uh, sometimes kind of like actually the inside of this is, I'm telling you, this is all sounds so I'm like listening to me say this and wondering what abled people must feel, but like when it comes time for me to actually experience the height of pleasure, um, I usually am asking or training a partner to kiss my, the kind of like the front of my neck, um, up to my ear. And while they're 
on my ear to take their fingers and run it against my scalp on the same side of that ear. And there's something about that combination that literally takes me from like, if I'm like at a six (laughs) of pleasure and arousal to like a nine and a 10 where I am with that sequence and staying there, I am uh, climaxing within probably a couple of minutes. And then um, if a partner just stays there and continues to do that, I will continue to stay in that climax space um, for as long as that partner is there or until it becomes unbearable for me. What I found interesting talking to him about it was I was like, oh, this way that we talk about you know, Viagra and erections being the center of, you know, people who have penises, sex lives, it does like it has, you know, yes, it's public and yes, it's more open than female bodies, but we're not. But it it has sort of like left out a lot of room for experimentation of all, all these other ways you can experience pleasure. And there's a lot of like anxiety and high stakes around that that have gotten in the way of of people having satisfying sex lives. I found that for me, it sort of like complicated that narrative of like, oh, the whole pharmaceutical industry rushed to help deal with the erection problem and have ignored ignored other bodies for a really long time. Um, it just complicated that. And I also learned that like the discovery of Viagra was like a total surprise fluke. Um, they thought they were making a heart drug and then they, dis- they discovered that um, a side effect Unexpected side effect was erections popping up. God, God bless an unexpected side effect for the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, I think it's helped a lot of people, you know. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. But We Loved is a new podcast about queer history coming May 15th. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. 
Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. From iHeart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or maybe just to take your mind off death, sex, and money and all of the heavy things that you're listening to, that you're that you're talking about. I listen to a lot of different things and it's I find it very interesting to just notice what are the podcasts I turn to in what situations because I think, you know, it's just this interesting window into my appetite. Um and I think on demand. Any, anything on demand, like you're learning a lot about yourself by what you choose to click on. Um, I I am a real sort of omnivorous podcast listener. I'm like looking at my my pod pocket casts. Um, uh, one thing that I just find really like a fun listen always that I listen to for craft and for like inspiration is um, the 11th from Pineapple Street Studios. Do you ever listen to that podcast? So people have recommended the 11th to me many times and I still I still haven't started but the the concept of it is fascinating explain it Yeah to it's really it's this I mean, it's also seems like a very smart management tool for people who are creative podcast yes. makers. So so the 11th is this show where the 11th of every month they release a new kind of show. Like it's sometimes it's a one off. Sometimes it's a limited series. Um, sometimes it's I mean, it's just you don't know what you're going to get. It's a surprise. Um, and it has it's kind of like an experimental feel each month. Um, like last, let's see, March, I listened to this. It was like a, 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 <laughs> a I did not never had never heard of this album. That's it's it was like a feature of this musician who's a longtime member of Broken Social Scene. And he had made this album back in 2007 when he was on paternity leave, where he basically like interviewed a bunch of people that he knew and his neighbors and then like took those recordings and then made music out of them. So not just like putting music underneath the tape, but like making his one of his neighbor's voice into like a trombone, making another one like representing it by like a certain percussive sound. And it was really like a satisfying experience because you really got into got to get into the head of this music maker who like hears 
he just moves through the world and hears things that and thinks about sound in a way that I don't, even though I think about sound very intensely, you know, all the time for my job. Um, another one that I really loved in, in February, it was called Love, all caps. And it was um, a, a, a portrait of a long distance romance. And it was the writer Carver Wallace and his partner. Let me see. Let me remind myself of her name. Um, and it was like voice memos and um, like red transcript uh, Reshem Mantri is his partner of their um, of their just sort of like emails to one another, voice memos to one another, like reflections on phone calls they had. And you just got this very, very intimate portrait of um, this love, this this love relationship um, that in a way that I had never quite heard before in audio. So I really I really like that. I feel like challenged by that when I listen to it. Um, I'm at the lake right now. Um, I decided to walk the lake, which is not a thing I do as much as I probably should, but I felt off kilter all day today, not really focused on work, supposed to go to the gym, but am I really going to go to the gym? Let's keep it a hundred. Probably not. It's like I did the dishes that felt like enough. I'm experiencing a lot of loneliness anyway. Um, I thought through everything that I possibly could do to feel better. I was like, should I just spend the day playing video games? No. Should I go, like, hang out with someone? Maybe, like, like hook up with someone, have sex or something like that? No, I don't really feel in the mood for that right now. Seems like a lot of work. I could just do that alone. Why would I involve another person in that? And then the, <laughs> the only thing I could really land on was, oh, I think I'm just going to walk around the lake and just like keep moving my body until I feel differently and um, right now it started off raining and kind of cold but I didn't really care and now I've reached the other side of the lake and all the rain is to the north and the sun is to the south and the west and these tremendous sun rays are landing on me and all the ducks and geese and the occasional heron um, are all like in the water and it's just like this wildly beautiful moment. I do feel better. I do feel like I can be a person again. I think I just needed to exorcise, not exercise, but exorcise, I guess, to make space for something else. Maybe feelings for you. <laughs> anyway, I love you. Here comes a jogger. Okay, um, I'm looking now at the bottom of my pocket cast, and I have these three limited series that are like... I'm surprised that I am listening to these because I they're hard. They're about hard things to listen to. So there's I'm gonna name three. Um it's uh there's this new podcast called Will Be Wild that um from my former colleagues at WNYC who are now making this for Pineapple Street Studios, Andrea Bernstein and Ilya Meritz, who for years made the Trump Inc. podcast. And now they've done this oh, special yeah, series um all about just like 
like getting into January 6th and what who was involved and why and and what's happened in their lives since. And I have taken in a lot of media coverage of January 6th and the investigations that have followed after it. And somehow I'm like, oh, I'm learning things and getting to know people and thinking about these big questions about democracy in a really new way. Um thanks to this. And it's it's just really well made. I'm like, okay, feed me the next episode. Like, you, you know, one of those when you're in those like limited series episodes and you're like, I want the next one. It's Christmas Eve 2020 when Jackson Reffitt makes the biggest decision of his life. He's been watching anime in his bedroom or trying to. I just hear behind my wall, my dad talking about the government and Nancy Pelosi, and it's all mumbled. And I'm just like, God, like, this is just, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy talk. Jackson's 18 years old, and he's come to the conclusion that his father is a dangerous man, and he needs to do something about it. What did he say that made you think he could be violent? That he's going to do something big. And I know that's very uh, vague, and that's what I think triggered me to be so worried about it, is how vague it was and how... Um, I guess active he was, it just got to a point where I was getting so paranoid and anxious and nervous that I didn't really, I almost wanted to take this off my shoulders and give it to someone else. He Googles how to tip the FBI. A text box pops up. Jackson looks at the blank space and gives himself a pep talk. Okay, I'm going to do this right now. I have to do this right now. Um, Get it over with. I'm going to just do it. He starts to type. I don't know what my dad's doing. He's a part of a couple organizations, Texas Freedom Force, I believe it's called. He's prominent at Three Percenters. He says he's high up in the organization. He says he's doing something big. I don't know what, but I'm just worried. I don't know where he's going. He might do something soon. I have no idea. And send. Is there anything else that I want to make sure you listen to that is a surprise? No, there is. Hang me. on. Let me just, let me do a last. Oh, one thing. You mentioned going to the playground. I don't know. How, do you, do you have multiple children? How, what's your, what's your child situation? I do. I've got um, a, almost five, a two and a half and another one on the way, which is, who is a surprise. <gasps> you having your third kid? I'm having a surprise third. Oh my God. I want to know about that I because I just, that was like a little pandemic flash that we had a few times, these like intense, like, should we do it? And then we were just like, that seems crazy in too many car seats. <laughs> okay. Yes. I have, I have so much to tell you on this topic because that's what happened for us. There were flashes in the pandemic where I thought, wow, the world is crazy. Wouldn't it be nice if they had a tribe? If the two of them just had a whole tribe mm, of kids mm-hmm. that, that, you know, were their people when things go, when things get turned upside down. And my husband was like, absolutely not. Like it, there is a moral issue with putting more people on the planet right now. Cause he works in sustainability. And I was like, well then you'd better get a vasectomy because it's your turn. And he did. And now you're pregnant. And, <laughs> and we had, this is too much information, but you're Anna sale. I can't not tell you. We had hangover sex after an Elton John concert. And this is what happened. Third surprise, third baby. <gasps> wow, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think it's going to be great. The biggest issue is getting a car that can fit all of the people. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's exciting. Well, you should listen to Childproof, which is a new podcast that I'm also enjoying. Um, it's from uh, 10% Happier, and it's hosted by Yasmin Khan. And I feel like it's a very real... It's just like a very helpful storytelling podcast that's about parents and how they deal with their feelings of overwhelm, you know, because young children are hard and we love them and it's hard and we have mixed feelings and it's a story. It's a podcast all about that. So I like I like oh, listening to that. All right. I'm going into that now because I really enjoy 10 percent happier and I also like Yasmin. Pop. Cool. So. This is a great intersection of two things that I are good. Enjoy. Well, congratulations. Yay. And um, I, you know, Thank as a middle you. child, I always said I wanted to have three and love the middle child the best. But then I just didn't get around. To the third. So let me put in a let me put in a, a pitch for loving the middle child the best and giving them all the attention. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. From 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 your lips to my middle child's entire life entire life. Fantastic. Thank you, Anna. This was wonderful. Thank you. I will. um, Thank you very much for having me. And that is it. That's truly it for the pod club. I hope you've had a wonderful time traipsing through the podcast verse with me. I hope you accept that I've just created that word podcast verse, and now I'm going to use it all the time and make other people use it too. We have laughed. We have cried. We've nerded out. I've tried to limit the number of times I say fuck because we're also on the radio. I've also overshared with all of you. We've covered a lot and we didn't even cover half of it because the podcast verse is huge and it's expanding every single day for better or for worse. Even though I'm not going to be making this show anymore, I will still be listening to and probably making tons of my own podcasts. So do not hesitate to send me your own recommendations if you come across something that is truly great. For now, I'm going to leave you with the recommendations that Anna gave us. They are The 11th, Will Be Wild, and Childproof. Of course, you have to listen to Death, Sex, and Money. It is one of the greatest podcasts of all time. And I'm not just saying that because Anna's our guest. I would have said it even if she refused to come on the show. Finally, big thanks to the team that I could not have made this show without. We are executive produced by me and Emily Marinoff, who was a wizard. Darby Masters and Mary Dewey are our producers. Lauren Phillip is our associate producer. Aaron Kaufman wrote our theme, so if you're singing, it's a podcast about podcasts about podcasts for years to come. Blame him and my husband, Nick Astor, who sings it. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, as well as to all of the guests who took the time to come on this little show and make it what it was. I've gotten so many podcast recommendations from this show, and frankly, I loved making it. It was a little slice of goddamn joy every week for me. I love and appreciate all of you so much, and I'll listen to whatever any of you make next. Thanks, guys. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.